This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Unity Community. We are so happy to see you all here today. And um, this, is, this is just a place, I'm so excited looking around here. We have some kids over here in the back that... I haven't seen before or in a long time because my distance vision isn't good enough to, <laughs> to be able to identify them from here, but welcome. And I'm not sure who's online, but we're happy to see that you are visiting us through technology. We have people like Dolores Kelsey who hasn't been here in forever. It's so wonderful to see you. And, and Shirley hasn't been in here in a couple of years because she needs a ride from Northeast Bend. If anybody lives in that area, talk to Shirley. Shirley, raise your hand. So yeah, so we're really happy to have you here. And we have Ananda is here again. He's going to be offering us his beautiful music. This is, we're just, we're just in celebration mode that we get to be together because we know we didn't always get to be together and so we appreciate it more. We are such a welcoming community. Let's say our, our mission statement together because it really encompasses that everybody is included here, not just a certain type of people, but everybody. So let's say it together. We are a vibrant, welcoming, multi-generational, prosperous community embodying love and awakening spiritual consciousness. So no matter who you are, no matter what color your skin is, no matter what ethnic background you have or religion you practice, no matter what, we want you here. This is your home. And we're going to be talking about home today and what does that mean. So let's turn it over to Soulshine and Ananda. <laughs> yeah, let, let's do some music here. I'm going to beat you to it, Dave. We pray from our feet, not our seat.
voices up. That's my favorite one of all your songs, and I love them all. <laughs> um, so we're going to move into celebrations right now, and I'm going to ask Donna and William to come up here, even though they weren't expecting that. <laughs> You're in so much trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so... Donna and William just finished doing a prayer class, and Rachel, you did too, but you, you didn't respond, so I wasn't sure if you wanted to do this, but um, they are really at a point now where they feel comfortable praying with other people, and so they're joining our, our prayer leader team, and so they will be coming up at the end of the service whenever they're here, and these stoles are to acknowledge you as a prayer leader. <laughs> and so, you know, they, they will be part of the team that responds when you fill in a prayer claim form and you ask for a response. You might 
hear from one of them and their beautiful prayers, or if you want just somebody to pray with you personally at the end of the service, just come up, and whoever is a prayer leader that is here that day will be standing here, and you'll recognize them because they've got the stole on, and you can just ask them to pray with you. It's so powerful. It can flip your, your day on a dime. So, um, and we might do our prayer in poetry. You never know. <laughs> All right, so thank you so much for serving in this way. And so turning to celebrations here, who else has got one? Dave. So standing and facing the camera. <laughs> this one's for Nolan. Uh, Nolan's starting football tomorrow. He's really excited. First year of... Uh, Seventh grade middle school football for Nolan tomorrow. All right. <laughs> okay, John. Stand there. Hey, stand. John Hare, I recently had a contact with a potential suicidal person. They are still alive. All right. I met John years ago when we were both doing hospice training for children and working with them. So he has such a heart for people. Vicki. Good morning. I just got back from uh, Southern California where my parents live. But right before I left, I came here. I think he was here because I sang with you. Um, but Tamara prayed for me. And the whole time I was gone, I was just amazing and I can't really I don't really want to go into it here but God is doing great things with my husband and with his health and you know so I just felt so loved and so held for this whole month and I'm so glad to be back so So I don't, should I leave this on because of the mic? Okay. Um, oh, I just don't want to be so close to that. So many people are, okay, can you hear me? <laughs> I need a babysitter. So um, I just wanted to offer so much celebration and gratitude for what just happened with um, Donna and William. And I want to affirm them and assure anybody, when I started coming here, I would come to something just to hear William pray, like because we are, we have openings with prayers, and and I've since gotten to know Donna, and I can tell you that their prayers are so heartfelt and so powerful. So please take advantage of them as well as all the other prayer um, chaplains. Anybody else? Okay. So. Moving from that, we're moving into our reflection question. So the question for today, and this is where, if you haven't been here before, this is where you just pair up with somebody, preferably someone who you don't live with, so that you're getting to know some other people. And the question is, what does home mean to you? How do you describe it? Where do you feel most at home? And if you're online, if you're there by yourself, maybe you can just Reflect on that for a minute. Maybe write something in a journal. Um, you can write in the chat 
your thoughts so that you can share it with other people who are online with you. So we've talked about prayer. Now we're going to move into prayer. If you are online, you can easily do this right now, or if you've got your phone there, you can fill out a prayer claim online. And I always say that the prayer claims are for the intentions that you really care about. If there's something that you really, really want to see different in your life, whether it's someone's health or just a way that you are being or a condition, then if you allow someone else to pray with you, you are activating divine power. Where two or more are gathered, there I am. I am is the name of the divine. It's that creative force. And so when you fill out a prayer claim form, that is what you're doing. You're saying, I'm not just wishful thinking here. I mean it. I want this. I am creating this, whatever it might be. So take this seriously. We have people who are more than happy to pray with you. I can't speak for all the rest, but I know for myself, when I get to pray with someone, Sylvia was, and I were just having that discussion about where are you home, and it's like when I get to pray with someone, it brings me home. I feel something flowing from me that wasn't there a minute ago because I wasn't paying attention to it. So it's really, really important that we pray together. That's what I hope our community grows into, is a community where we're all doing it on a regular basis, because it makes a difference. So let's do it together. Let's just invoke the I am. It's like we're turning the channel and we're, we're tuning in. There's a beautiful Sanskrit word, pal-al, and it actually means, that's the root of prayer, and it actually means judging oneself to be wondrously made. Isn't that beautiful? So the I am wondrously made. Just let's marinate in that for a moment. And then the people that we are holding in our hearts, like our beloved Lisa Jacobson, who was in a car accident yesterday, and she has an issue with her hand now and needs surgery, or our Claire and Kevin's son Kai, who is recovering from collarbone surgery, or uh, Lisa Jordan is one of our prayer team, and, and her son-in-law is dealing with some kind of issue. And we have others in our community. Molly is recovering from surgery, and other people. I'm sure I'm forgetting plenty of them, but they're in your hearts. 
And even when, you know how it is, you hear somebody or you read on Facebook, oh, please pray about this, and you say, yes, yes, I will, and you can't hold all of that in your head. But when you say, yes, I will, time is an illusion, and it is here now. All those yes, I will pray comes together now in this room, in this container. And we hold the knowing that each of these for whom we pray, whatever it is that they are needing, whether it's health or love or prosperity or guidance, they are wondrously made. We are wondrously made. Divine creation is flowing through us now and expressing as us now. And all that we need is here at this altar of love. Prayer is an act of surrender where we surrender all the negative thinking that we indulge in, all the appearances that seem so real and compelling. We surrender on that altar of love and we say, I am wondrously made. And that is true for me, and it is true for you. And we hold our country right now, and we hold our world so beset by struggles and challenges, so beset by division. And we claim that our world and our country is wondrously made, and the wholeness and the life and the vibrancy that is a part of all of it is now expressing, and that we have the power to anchor that here at the altar of love. And so it is. Let's sing together. say our affirmation together. Love is our ultimate reality everywhere present and whole. 
It radiates abundantly and continually creates good in my life and in the world. As we gratefully acknowledge the presence and power of love now, we see the people and circumstances we hold in prayer healed and illumined by love. And so it is. Miss Donna is going to bless us with a prayer now. thoughts that we have in a day, how can we stop the hamster wheel still feeling centered, grounded, ready to face all of life's ups and downs? Stillness. It really works if we let it. Will you let it? Will you put aside your rage, your anger, your belief systems for just one moment and allow God's grace to enter in? It can happen if you allow it to. Or will you allow the monkey mind to take over and allow more of the same, more of the unruly, intense feelings that squash your ability to see straight? Your challenges can be your greatest gifts, your greatest teachings. Though hard to see in the moment, the moment of grief, the moment of terror, the moment of fear, the moment of the other being wrong, the moment of you feeling wronged. Can you see it? Now, can you rise above it? Can you take time to move away from a situation in an effort to see it more clearly from high atop a mountain where the air is clear? You can see the whole picture not just the part that has you all tangled up in tight knots. Knots that you think you can never undo. Once again, see it from a different perspective. Miraculously, that knot will loosen, untethering you from pain and suffering. The gifts you receive will be innumerable so much so that you can go home again, joyfully, with no new verve and excited anticipation of how good it can be, truly. So what say you, seekers of truth, of justice, of inner knowing, are you willing to ride the wave or drown in the muck and mire? Are you willing to hold those you argue with, don't agree with, even have animosity toward, in the light of divine wisdom and knowing. They too are human. They too are striving. Allow their process to be their process. In so doing, you can practice self-care. Don't let your triggers destroy you. Let them be your signal for learning more about yourself and others. This grand mystery of life is here for us to participate in, the awakening the awakening of consciousness that sets us free. It's up to you. 
and the godlike energy you embody. Be the love you seek to be in this world, there for you to rise above it all. Be still and listen. Rock that stillness. It will open an unseen world for you, if you let it. And then a message. Ananda, are you doing the song? <laughs> Share this mantra with you all. It's a very well-known mantra in the yoga Vedantic tradition called uh, Gayatri Savitud. And uh, in the mode of being in stillness and going inward, um, just receive the mantra. If you know it, you can, of course, sing along with me. But if not, just, just receive it. It's uh, said to hold the essence of all the Vedas in this one mantra. And it's a, a, a call to illuminate the body, mind, energy, and soul with the light and radiance of the sun. Sabi tu varen, 
Sabitur varendiam, barco de vasia di mai tiu yuna prachutaya. Thank you so much. Words have so much power. And when it's words that we don't know the meaning of them, but they, they come from an ancient language and they have been sung over and over for thousands of years, we feel their energy and they shift something in us. So thank you for all your devotion that has allowed you to bring that gift to us. And so now Sylvia Hayes is going to give our message today. And a lot of you have heard Sylvia before and you know her and some of you are brand new and you don't know her at all. 
She is the spiritual leader of our new ACT ministry. ACT stands for Action, Compassion, and Transformation. And it's, it's a ministry that's designed to help everyone feel home and to acknowledge the home that is our earth. So taking actions to empower... Sylvia is, she's on, on the path to becoming a unity minister, and she has such wonderful warmth and wisdom. And if you've ever been to her home, she has created the most beautiful home. It is a place that is a haven for the birds and the squirrels, and, and she has flowers everywhere, and just... It's such a sanctuary to go and sit there. You just feel like, <sighs> So today as she speaks about home, she knows where she's coming from and she has such a gift. So um, Jane's right. I feel very, very blessed with my little home. It's a thousand square feet. It's very simple, but it's just sweet. And my yard has been my artistic outlet. And, and people do just feel a vibe there. And I'm at the end of a cul-de-sac, and I have awesome neighbors. I call it neighbor nirvana. And it's just... It's just an incredible place. I never, ever would have dreamed that I would have lived there for 17 years, which is what it is this summer. And now it's hard for me to imagine leaving. I can always find peace and quiet there, no matter what is swirling. But two and a half years ago, I decided to add on a classroom in the form of my 30-year-old nephew, <laughs> who actually, I've been the parent figure. He calls me mama. And uh, I've been in that figure for m most of his life. And so far, he's actually not living a very peaceful, serene, and settled life. And I'll give you just a little bit of, of backstory. Um, really difficult parental situation. He's my late sister's son. And I had custody of him for a little while when he was about nine. Uh, then became a foster parent at 16 to have custody of him again here in Central Oregon. He was already into some really destructive behavior, and I couldn't handle him, and wound up having Oklahoma DHS come and take him back. Very difficult decision. And he wound up on a path and eventually wound up doing a 10-year prison sentence. And he got himself, and I share this story because he's open about this story, he really turned himself around in that incredibly difficult environment, and I give tremendous credit there. Um, and two and a half, just over two and a half years ago, I was at the prison gates in Oklahoma, out in the middle of BF Egypt, <laughs> western Oklahoma. I mean, crazy desolate place. That's a story in and of itself. But picked him up, 
brought him back to Oregon. He lived in my home with me for several months, which, <laughs> that was so challenging. Um, and but and to his credit, despite the challenges, he's an incredibly hard worker. He got jobs right away. He saved money and was able to buy a nice travel trailer. Now, one of the other blessings to my little home space is my lot is RM zoned. And so I have a little kind of vacant lot, just it's part of my property. Um, and we ran water and electricity and got him set up with his trailer over there. And he's been there for the most part um, ever since. And though he's doing so well against so many odds, he has got personality characteristics and coping reactions that are really difficult to deal with. And I hate, I almost hate to admit this, but we have a lot of similarities. And we're, <laughs> yeah, and it's a little oil and water, you know, it, 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 he, he lives a lot, he lives his, his upbringing and his life experience though, makes him prone to communicating and moving through life with a lot of chaos and a lot of drama and a lot of negativity. And I don't do that anymore, usually. Sometimes in this I do. But helping him unlearn that chaotic, unpleasant way of moving through the world is honestly one of the greatest things that I'm hoping to be able to help him with. And to be honest, so far, it's not working very well. You know, that just is the truth, and, and that is my classroom. Because so often when we are interacting, the concept of serene sill gets blown right out of the water. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing, that's what I really want to drive home in this talk, and you all know it, it's one thing to be serene and peaceful when we're in at least seeming control of our environment, right? when we have things going the way we want. It's something else again when we're interacting with someone or some situation that is really challenging to us. I now know, I'm learning, my classroom is teaching me that we're never gonna have an optimal experience in this lifetime. We're never gonna be able to do our greatest good unless we do develop the skills to be able to take the serenity and the peace off the meditation mat and into the messier, trickier, even genuinely unpleasant aspects of life. I believe this is absolutely what Jesus was speaking to when he said being in the world but not of it. Now just over a week ago, I was so in the world and of it. I mean, I was triggered, I was worn out, there, I was really just feeling the weight of all the hard edges in our world. I was worn down by a person who needs a lot from me, but often battles the giving. And I, I did not like where my heart was going. I didn't like where my consciousness was or, or how I was feeling or the vibe that I was putting out. It, it was, I was out of balance. And so I did what I often do. I took off camping and I went up Crooked River, actually wound up at the um, uh, Cobble Rock Campground, found a fabulous site, no other people around, right on the end, right over the river, perfect. And I was so worn out, not physically, but I was so tired when I got there, un very uncharacteristically, I just got my camp set up, tent set up, and crashed out that night. And the next morning, got up, it was cold, which was great because it's been so hot here. So I got up, you know, make a cup of coffee, have my rusty trusty put a lot of miles in reclining camp chair. Um, 
and my fleece bag liner and Freya the dog on her pad in her own sleeping bag because that's how my dogs roll and just over the river and the river was singing and osprey were circling with that inimitable wild cry that they have and magpies one of my favorites were doing what magpies do on the other side of the of the river and i could there was no mechanical noise no humans around and i could just feel the tension start to drain away and then kind of like a bolt of lightning this thought came into my head that says be still and go home it was like a commandment and my first thought was hell i just left home you know that's i mean this is what i'm you know this is what i'm doing so it kind of rattled me a little bit, be still and go home. And so I checked in with the big HS. That's what I call my highest self, Holy Spirit. The part the Holy Spirit is a part in my view, it's a part of us that remembers our oneness, my big HS. I checked in with that and it was kind of like, okay, okay. I, would, I, I still hadn't come fully present at that point, right? So I did. I really focused on coming into the now, be still coming into that home, really feeling this nature immersion. I started to remember my love for, my awe of this planet and wild nature. And I realized, of course, that I am part of that. And, and that is, in fact, for me, home. It is an aspect of home. So I was t tuning into that oneness, tuning into being part of the ecosystem, really not thinking much, and boom, again into my head, be still and come home. My, my HS was heckling me. My HS was pestering me, right? AKA loving me, because after a while, sitting with the quiet and just being open to that, open to that, I began to understand a, a deeper aspect of home. It isn't just a place. It isn't just even being in the present moment. It is a state of consciousness that we either take with us or not. Um, when Jesus was asked, where is heaven? He said, heaven is within you. It's within all of us. Our native natural environment, our home, is the peace of God. It's oneness, no matter what is swirling in our lives. You know, many of you know that one of my main spiritual squeezes is A Course in Miracles. And though, though I hadn't consciously remembered it during this camping trip, it's clear that the Course has gotten into my consciousness because I later remembered that there's an, a lesson in there. It's, lesson, it's exercise 182 in the workbook that says, I will be still an instant and go home. And I want to read just a couple of excerpts from the course, from that exercise. The world you seem to live in is not home to you, and somewhere in your mind you know that this is true. A memory of home keeps haunting you, as if there were a place that called you to return. Here's another. Take time today to lay aside your shield, which profits nothing, and lay down the spear and sword you raised against an enemy that does not exist. Be still an instant and go home and be at peace. Now this homecoming, I believe, really requires us to remember, to recognize our own identities. We're not bodies. 
you're not a body. It's easy to believe we're just bodies because we're wearing bodies, but we're not just bodies. We are expressions, extensions of that God source. There is a self with a capital S in each one of us that is a loving guide, a loving voice, and it knows our way home. In shamanism, um, there's a concept of the oversoul. So there, there, is, there is a concept that each of us here in this human existence, we have a soul, we have an individual soul, and when we make our transition, we actually reconnect with our oversoul, which is the culmination of all life experience we've ever had in whatever lifetime or what have you. It's, it's, our, it's our big, real HS, the oversoul. And Hank Wesselman, who's a, he recently passed, but he is a, um, quite a famous sh- a shamanic practice teacher. He, he wrote, I remember learning from him, that when we really start to meet and interact with that oversoul, that highest self, it will be the most glorious, beautiful relationship of our lives. I firmly believe that. That self, with a capital S, is guiding us all the time toward peace. It's constantly trying to point us toward peace. And the trick is to get above our little human-only self with a little s, which keeps us out of our home, keeps us away from home so often. For those of you who are familiar with the Abraham teachings, which is... um, Uh, wisdom channeled by Esther Hicks, famous for uh, law of attraction um, teachings. I was going to say I recently came across this little nugget, but I realize um, this little nugget came across me as I was preparing for this talk. And I was sharing with Jane that it's getting to the point now, I'm getting comfortable enough in this kind of, of, of service that when I start to work toward a talk, inspiration just comes in from left and right. So this is one of them. I get the Abraham teaching emails um, each day, and I want to read it. You can never have a happy ending at the end of an unhappy journey. It just doesn't work out that way. The way you're feeling along the way is the way you're continuing to prepave your journey, and it's the way it's going to continue to turn out until you do something about the way you're feeling. Be still and come home. Be still and remember what you are. And this is why we're here. We're all on a spiritual path, everyone in this room and everyone uh, listening in for sure. This is why we practice. Now, one of my spiritual practice, I have just coined this term, I think it's very cool, is nature bathing, right? That's what I do. I get out onto mama earth and love her up and feel that back. That's a practice for me. And I know it is for a lot of us. And the discipline in the practice is carving time for that. Carving time, right? Prioritizing. Um, I always say that for me, getting, getting out into wild nature is a retreat so that I can then advance more readily. And, and for me also, though, as I was nature bathing and working on my inner self, trying to bring myself back to, back to a state of being that I knew was healthier, um, I, I also realized, though, that nature isn't just home. It's a portal. It's a portal. It's a way of getting to that deeper home consciousness. It's a way of finding that kingdom within myself, our rightful home, the peace of God, attending unity services, prayer, meditation, 
studying spiritual wisdom sources, all of those are practices that train us to more readily come home to our true selves, no matter what the circumstances are. Now, the Course in Miracles also teaches that any any enemy, any person, any situation that we have a conflict with, a challenge with, is actually our savior. What? I mean, I, I struggled with that with a lot of people, but lately with my son. It's like, who is saving whom here, right? So I want you just to think for a moment right now of someone, and maybe you all are a little more evolved than me, and maybe you don't have anyone or anything in your life that you have an irritation with, but if you do, uh, think of that person or that thing, and just think of, just allow the thought to bubble that that is your savior right now. Just let that, let that sit. So back to my camping trip. A couple days later, I broke camp, headed back toward my little physical oasis of a home. I was feeling so much better, and I probably made a real mistake when once I got back into cell range, I pulled over to see if I had any important emails or texts. I had a whole string of drama texts from my son. <laughs> ah! It was everything from, you know, financial stuff to it was real smoky and he thought he should turn all the hoses on. And so then I find myself thinking, God, I hope he hasn't been letting the water run for, you know. So I, I collect myself again. I pull it all back. I pull it all back. I get home and he comes in and things escalate. And I'm not even going to go into it, but really escalated. And finally, I gave him two weeks notice. And that's a really, really painful thing for me to do. Two weeks to get yourself and your trailer out of here. Um, and he got really, really ugly in reaction to that. Not physically, I want everyone to know, but really, really pretty nasty. He was in fear, you know, of course. And I was so f sad about it. And so honestly still though, so angry also, although I did not engage. I was much better able because of the practices because of unity principles, I was much better able to stay above the battlefield, able to, able to remember who I am and able to remember who he is, even if that's not readily apparent in certain, in certain circumstances. And I had a breakthrough really with this. Um, when I let the, let the, um, the, the unity principle that God is everywhere present, in everything, and that we are always connected with that source. We are always one with it. I reminded myself that he too is a spiritual being having a spiritual journey, and I'm not responsible for his journey. I'm sure I'm not speaking any big aha to any of you who have, had, who have children or who have had um, people dependent upon them. Difficult people. You know, and I reminded myself, too, that um, if I allowed these kinds of episodes to continue without consequence, at some point, there's a, there's a, you tip into that line of enabling, right? I was balancing on that line, and I knew it. I knew I had to make a difficult decision, and I also knew my own boundaries. I'm not going to be bullied. I'm not going not gonna to go there. So this was a super, super difficult decision because appearances had been telling us that he was not going to be able to find any place else to live. Housing is already hard enough in Central Oregon, but what I have learned, man, if you have a criminal record, it is almost impossible.
to get in. That's what appearances were telling us. Even RV parks wouldn't take him once they ran a background check. So I had fear around that, but I also knew something had to change. We had to make a change. Well, son of a gun, you know, I stayed in possibility. I stayed in the God is everywhere present. There's openings here that, we, that I don't know of. I did some fourth dimension work around this. I got into my own meditative space, and then I went in meditation. I saw him as a spark of spirit, as a bright light, just like that same little bright light I fell in love with when I met him as a little bitty baby. I saw that. I sent him love. I sent in a prayer claim form here and one of our fabulous prayers. There's prayers and there are prayers, and we got some good ones in this room. Sent me back a powerful prayer, an affirmative prayer, envisioning success for him and peace for him, and I forwarded that on to him. And again, I, I tuned into the I am. I am a spiritual being. You are a spiritual being. My son is a spiritual being. Lo and behold, due to his work ethic and the fact that he's developed some pretty darn good relationships with employers and handyman clients, he found a place. He found a place to rent, affordable for his RV. It's a good neighborhood. I truly believe that this is going to be the best thing for him because it's a, it's a yes, right? It's a demonstration of not everything is blocked. And he did this one on his own, which is awesome. Now, navigating this classroom, I have made so many mistakes. I mean, I, I, I just, I'm still making mistakes. I'm still angry, actually, about the whole thing that, that happened. I was working on that this morning in my own meditation prior to coming here. But it's a whole lot better than I used to be able to navigate it. And I've pulled on Unity's 12, one of Unity's 12 powers is release, surrender, release, release that rutted thinking, release that sort of obsessive thinking about what I really want to tell him, release, choose again, choose again. I have had to stretch through this and face aspects of my personality and my reactions that I did not enjoy facing. It is my most intense laboratory for learning to come back to myself, to come back home. And so yes, my son is my savior. Woo, that's a stretch to even say it. But it's true, and one of these days he's going to hear that. Difficult relationships, difficult circumstances, difficult diagnoses, these are all opportunities to grow our I am muscles. These are opportunities to get more skillful and powerful in opening up to the kingdom of heaven that is within each one of us right now in this moment. And I think over time, the more powerful we get in, in doing that, the fewer chaos classrooms we really need to have. That's kind of the ultimate goal for me at least. Now, remember the story of Faust? Faust is a highly intellectual scholar who gets really disenchanted with life and depressed, and he attempts suicide unsuccessfully and then winds up calling in the devil. He wants to see if he can find a way to indulge all of his sensual pleasures and all the knowledge of the world and all of that. Well, the devil's representative, Mephistopheles, shows up. And he does make a bargain with Faust. He says Faust can use his magical powers for several years, and at the end of the term, though, Faust has basically got to sign his soul over to the devil. And Faust winds up using Mephistopheles for all kinds of 
carnal pleasure and shenanigans and whatever. Um, and it doesn't go all so well for him in the end, by the way. Some versions say that, that uh, he was indeed damned to hell eternally, and other versions say God saved him right at the last minute. But that's not the point. There's all kinds of interesting metaphysics in that story. But here's the piece I want to pluck out. Mephistopheles is always portrayed as a devil or a demon type of character. He's always portrayed as a bad guy. But there's a super interesting thing that old Meph says in this story. He describes himself, quote, as a part of that force that would do evil, yet forever works for good. And he complains that nobody appreciates him. He says, he says why? If it weren't for me, nothing would ever happen. Ha! <laughs> yeah. It seems many of us need a little devilry, right? We need a little chaos classroom to, to stretch to our next level of evolution. There's a reason I have got my, my son in my life, right? I'm ready for that, for that stretch, for that growth. Be still and come home. It's just like Jesus' simple prayer, be still and know that I am God. And just before I wrap, I want to... I've mentioned to you many times, Walter Lanyon is um, uh, one of the early New Thought teachers. He's a, born in the 1800s. This part I'm going to read was from his book, Without the Smell of Fire, 1941. He's become one of my very, very favorite New Thought authors, by the way. I'm going to read two excerpts. He says, Suddenly man arises from the filth of human thinking, goes in and shuts his door, and begins the simple prayer of Jesus. Be still and know that I am God. A contemplation of God more and more establishes the presence, capital P, until you have one God here, there, and everywhere, and eternally available. It's easy enough to find God in things good and beautiful, but you are to discover him in hell, in your problem, your enemy, your disease, and the moment you do, the embodiment begins to appear the embodiment of who we really are, the embodiment of us in a kingdom. There's one other that I want to read. If, if you know of any man or situation that can keep you out of your heaven, then you know of something that is stronger than God, and you should fall down and worship that greater power. If there's anything that can hold out against God and win, then that is the thing for you to worship. Do you believe in God? Or do you? And if you do, enter into your consciousness and be free. It is within our power, no matter what is bubbling in this human part of the journey, it is within our power to come home and be free, to step into our own heaven. You are an extension of God creator, wondrously made, wondrously made. Be still and come home. And with that, I just want you to stay tuned in to yourself. And we're going to play a song and a video and kind of a meditative reflection time. And that will end the message part.
You are the face of God I hold you in my heart You are a part of me You are the face of God You are the face of God I hold you in my heart you are a part of me You are the face of God You are the face of God Tu es l'image de Dieu I hold you in my heart Tu es l'image de l'amour You are a part of me You are the face of God You are the face of God To say la luce di Dio I hold you in my heart To say il volto dell'amore You are a part of me You are the face of God You are the face you are the face of love I hold you in my
moving. There's a lot to take in and digest. I'm so grateful that we record them so that we have an opportunity to go back and revisit. And Sylvia, thank you. I'm so insanely proud of you. You're going to make me go there. This is our time for gratitude. You know, gratitude for Sylvia and what she's brought for Ananda and Dave and Donna and just this community that we get to be part of this community, that it doesn't end with these walls, that it goes out, that we get to offer programs that enrich one another, that bring us back home, that, that allow others to find that home inside of them that right now are struggling and don't realize it's right there. So let's, may I have the greeters come up? Because when, when you donate money here, you are saying, money, it's my energy, my own natural energy yield. And when I donate that, I am taking my energy and I am using it for spiritual good. I am using it to create an environment where love is embodied and spirituality is awakened, not just for me, but for a wider world, because that's what we are about here. So a lot of you donate online, as do I, or you text, and we make that easy. And if you do cash or checks, here is the means. <laughs> and. As the baskets go by, if you are an online person, there, there are these purple cards somewhere. Um, they look like this. I don't know where they live, but if you get your hands on one of them, it's just an affirmation saying that I give so that you can have the, the joy of placing something in a basket. So let's take the time right now we'll sing our blessing song and we bless these empty baskets knowing that we get to be the source we get to fill this river of love this altar of love and keep it flowing I got gratitude in my soul. I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you for it all. Thank you for it all. 
sing with me. I got gratitude in my soul. What do you want to do? I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you for it all. Thank you for it all. Thank you for it all. From the love of pure spirit within us, we bless these gifts. We send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith, and they do good, and they do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly, and so it is. Thank you. So we have a bunch of stuff happening because we are such a lively community. So the first thing is happening today at five o'clock. We get more of Ananda. He is, he is doing a concert right here. It's so amazing to be in the room with Ananda and the Bendavan. And it's, it's just beautiful. It, it fills your heart so much. Are there still tickets left for in the room? Okay, so you can just go to our website, I think, to um, purchase the tickets. Go, go to the calendar, go to today, go to where it says concert, and click. Just come to the door. Or you can come to the door, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, be it that way. <laughs> Um, I don't, you know, I know because you sat here and listened that you know what a beautiful singer Ananda is. I don't know if you know that within the devotional music genre, he is an internationally well-known performer and creator of this beautiful music. So we are really, really blessed that here in our little space, we get to have this musical giant. So, thank you. And here at Unity, we're okay with big heads. So, and despite what your parents told you, you know, it's, it's good to have a big head. Um, let's see. Sylvia, would you come up and let's talk about, we have, um, this is coming down the road, the week of September 20th and 23rd we have something called the Bridges of Justice Symposium. And it's, it's a creation of the Northwest Unity region as part of our annual conference, but we decided to um, take it out bigger than what we would normally do. Normally, people that are ministers come to the conference and some of the spiritual leaders come, but it's more like that, just for the leadership. And we said, no, 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 no that's not what we're about. We're about making a big impact. And so we came up with this idea for the Bridges of Justice Symposium where we gather people all in our communities that we want everybody to be part of this because what we believe is that we are all one. But what we are acting out in our world is not that. We are acting out in our world that some are better than others. 
that not everybody has rights, that many people are struggling. And that is a spiritual contradiction. This is not about politics. This is about spirituality. We cannot say that we believe we are all one and just say, oh, you know, I'm too busy to pay attention to the struggles that other people are going through and to confine them to the category of other. There is nothing that is happening out there in the world, whether it's to people of color, indigenous people, people who are um, transgendered people. And those are the, the categories that we are focusing on of justice in this particular symposium, even though there's plenty more injustice happening. But there's nothing that's happening to those folks that is not happening to us. It's just less apparent if we can shove it off on them. And so we're having this symposium, and you can come here. It's, it's being live streamed, so when you come, you're gonna watch a screen. It's like going to three the movies. The, three of the nights. Yeah, three of the nights. Remember that, movies? You know, it's gonna be kinda like that. We're all gonna go, and we're gonna have a chance to talk together. And then the fourth night, it's actually gonna be streamed from here. So when you come, you'll be in a live audience with Soulshine is doing the music, Dave and Anna, um, and Sylvia is gonna be the presenter, and, um, and I get to be the host throughout all of it, so that is what's happening. Sylvia's gonna tell us more about the individual programs. Yeah, so it's, it's, again, it's four nights, two hours. Each night is gonna be focused on a specific top topic, so there's going to be quite a bit on racial justice, there's gonna be work around the LGBTQ community. Um, and then I'm gonna do a session on um, sacred economics. So looking at some of the economic inequalities and ways that we can move toward a saner restorative economy. So it's two hours over four nights and you guys can come for one or all four and all of this information is on the website. So hoping to get a, good, a really good turnout. This is the first real offering of the new ACT ministry. So, um, yeah. And if you all could also, like, go on our Facebook page, whatever, and share this out to your networks, that would be really helpful because this has been a tricky thing to market, actually. It's tricky to explain, which is why we're up here. Can, are you finished with this piece? Because I'm going to do the shout-out to Anna. individual nights. The first night we have Sherry Dunn speaking who speaks all over the country on diversity and the complexity of diversity and what it really means. And the second night we have Mitch Hunter and some other people who are talking about what does it mean to be transgender? What is that experience like? What are, you know, and people are in different, um, he is a transgender man and I'm not sure who the other panelists yet, but he was looking for people who were in different stages of experience with that. And the next night, um, Sharon Mitchell is somebody who, as a young woman, she was an anchor for NBC News until they realized, oh, I'm sorry, you're black, and we don't know how to light your skin. 
and so we're going to take you off the anchor desk and give you some other job. So she teaches the whole subject of caste and has obviously lived it. And then Sylvia, um, who has been, if you don't know this about Sylvia, she has been an environmental activist and lover of the earth her entire life. And the whole idea of sacred economics is how do we make a world that works economically for everyone, including the earth. So that's and then we have amazing musicians each night that, because it's live stream, are from all over the country. So that's what the program is going to be like, and it's going to involve discussion. So please, 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 I hope that you will come. We've made it very, very affordable. And if you, if you don't want to come in person, then you can still watch online. But let, let's really make a big deal with this. Let us put our words into action and not just have them be beliefs that don't matter. So, <laughs> so um, one other thing from the ACT Ministry, I wanna give a shout out to Anna Thedford, who's been doing our food collection project here at Unity. She was acting before the ACT Ministry was ever perking. And I brought a bunch of these. So how this works is every two months, Whoever wants to participate fills up one of these bags, brings it in here on the first Sunday, and then Anna takes it in to the food distribution center. So we have bags. She's been meaning to get them here. We have a stack of bags back there. You can grab them, and we'll remind you when it's time to bring them here to be collected. Thank you. Thank you, Anna, for doing yes. That. Okay. Um, Let's see, World Day of Prayer is happening um, September 8th through 9th. So that starts the evening of September 8th and then all day on the 9th. And it happens at Unity Village. And prayer is happening, talks are happening. It's just all about prayer. If you go to unity.org, you'll find all about it, but you can also get to the link from our website. And I really encourage you to participate in that. And you can participate just by putting in prayer claims to Unity and saying, please hold, hold these people in your prayers. So then also on prayer, starting September 10th, I am doing a prayer class. This is the one that um, Rachel and Donna and William just finished. And it's, I'm really excited about it because I put it out on my Facebook and I've got 12 people signed up so far. Half of them do not live here. So um, I would love it if you, a, would sign up, unless you are super comfortable already with praying, sign up and get comfortable and share it on Facebook, if you do Facebook. And if you do something even more modern, share it there. Um, but it will be a Zoom class, so you can attend from wherever you are. And I waived the fee because we are about awakening spiritual consciousness, and this is a way to do that. So um, there's no excuses for not being able to. Um, also, we're going to start having possibility parties. If you've done the What If Up groups, it's, it's like that. And I've been doing this 21-day challenge, which I'm tremendously behind on, but I have a lot of resources there to mix it up beyond just what we did in the What If Up groups. But it's really, instead of taking how things seem to be. It's looking at what might be possible. Because if you don't even entertain a possibility, 
I can almost guarantee you that possibility will not come into your life. If all you entertain is worry, you will have plenty to worry about. You'll have a big worry party. So, but it's really easy, just as Sylvia was saying, it's really easy to forget that. And so we do it together. Let's have a party. Oh, so uh, let's see. And one other thing, spirit groups. Spirit groups are small groups that get together. It's just like five or six people. At this point, we could actually have some in our homes maybe. And for sure, we can have them online. And if you, if you haven't done a group online yet, it's amazing how intimate they can be. So they're wonderful, wonderful groups, and they just study, like, um, I know Claire and Kevin did one on TED Talks recently. Um, we've done them on some Unity books. We, you can do them on lots of different topics, but there is a training for the person who will host it that um, Kevin and Naomi are doing, and that is going to be um, soon happening. <laughs> so so what, what you can do is talk to Kevin and say, let me know because I want to be a host. Okay, so that's enough. Let's wrap it with the prayer of protection. The light of God surrounds me. I am the light of God. <coughs> I am the love of God. You do it. Text <laughs> me. I am the power of God. The presence of God washes over me. I am the presence of God. Wherever I am, God is. Because I am. You okay? <laughs> Sing it. The light of God surrounds me. I am the light of God. The God enfolds me, sorry. I am the light of God. The power of God protects me. I am the power of God. The presence of God watches over me. I am the presence of God. Wherever I am, God is on time. Wherever I am, God is. Wherever I am, God is. Because I am.